Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. On today's episode, we're discussing how Starbucks made me a better human being and a spiritual teacher. So stick around because you won't want to miss it. So how did Starbucks make me a better human being and a spiritual teacher? Mm, uh, I, it, every time I think of this, it takes me back to this um, moment where I had an experience with one of my exes um, and we were at this, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Greek restaurant and we were just like leaving the restaurant and I had mentioned to him that I felt as if it was my responsibility or it was something that I was supposed to do in life where I was supposed to help to inform, enlighten, to give information, to um kind of inspire and empower people to take more responsibility for themselves, for their spiritual beliefs, for their ideas, um, and less about kind of leaning or relying on religion or relying on some sort of uh, religious practice, religious belief for all their answers. Uh, I think growing up as a Catholic, um, you always turn to the church for answers. Um, and I remember back when I was a kid, I remember asking one of the uh, teachers in catechism, which is like Catholic um, school, about Noah's Ark and how all the animals could fit in the boat if there is supposed to be two of each animal that existed. And there are, I mean, there are millions, if not billions, of animal species um, on the planet. And how could you fit all of those into one ship, one vessel? Um, and she said to me that, well, you know, we don't really question how it happened. I think with God's will, it, it was able to be possible. And that wasn't a good enough answer for me. So, I think me questioning what I was taught, what I was conditioned to believe, started off at a very early age. And as I got older and older and older, I felt as if people had become slaves to their belief system. People had become, um, people had become sheep, where they were just blindly following the teachings of their parents, their society, their culture, um, their religion, because that's what they were trained to do. That's what they were conditioned to do. And so they never really questioned it. They didn't. Um, and if they did question it, they didn't talk about it. Um, and I felt it was my responsibility to kind of like peel back the mask and show like what's behind the curtain, peel back the layers of conditioning and give people a chance to like have real power over their lives, to have a real relationship with God, not just the, the, the structured, um, not just the structured, uh, restricted relationship that we are mostly taught through religion, but just to have a better, more profound connection. So I remember telling him, you know, I feel it's my responsibility to inspire people, to teach people, to give them everything that I'm learning or I've learned myself because it has transformed my life. It has changed me as a person. And he was like, well, how are you ever going to get to that place? Like, how are you ever going to become a, a spiritual teacher? You know, you're not even comfortable talking to people. You're not even comfortable being in leadership positions. So I was like, I don't know. I really don't know how that's going to come about. I, I just know that it's my, it's, it's a plan. It's something that I feel called to do that. I feel like it is 
something I'm meant to do in life. And I felt this way for since I was a kid, since I began to read and learn about things that, you know, we weren't supposed to know about, um, reading books, etc. So I think that conversation with my ex really got me on board with wanting to transform and to change and to become this person that could connect with people that could reach out to as many people as I could connect with as many people as I could reach to give them what I possess to give them what I had learned and what I have come to understand so um and that you know so so for me it was it was a bit of a struggle because I wasn't the 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 most I wasn't the most open person, the most social person. I'm still not. I mean, I'm pretty um, antisocial in a way. Um, I feel like I think I remember RuPaul giving an interview and she said she's an introverted extrovert. No, she's an extroverted introvert. She's an extrovert masking themselves as one, but they're actually introverted. So that's that's me. I am mostly I keep mostly keep to myself. I'm not as much of a social person. Um, I really don't. desire to go out and be in front of large groups of people and to to communicate and to socialize and to chit chat. I'm not that kind of person naturally. And it has taken a long time to even get to the point where I can hold a conversation in a social environment or to even do this, what I'm doing right now, communicating with you guys, talking to you, looking at a camera, um, not feeling um, scared or not feeling worried about how I was going to look, how I was going to be. I think I've gotten enough um, experience over the last 10 years that have really trans more than that actually I would say more like 15 years that have really transformed me as a person to be able to do this work to be able to have a podcast to be able to share what I know without feeling like I wasn't good enough or like it, it I wasn't doing what I was wanting to do so it's taken a long time to change and transform in that way but I was always a shy kid I was always the quiet little guy in school. Um, I kept to myself. Sometimes I would mingle and mix with other people if I had friends. Um, but you know, in elementary school, I would sit with all the girls cause the boys didn't want to be friends with me. Um, and so the girls, they just put up with me, even though I don't think they wanted me to sit with them either. They just put up with me. Um, I remember having cousins who would, would spend time with me in school because they felt sorry for me because I didn't have a lot of friends or people just didn't want to spend time around me. Um, so it was, it was a struggle growing up and being being that odd kid that doesn't really connect um, on a basic level with other people. And and growing up, I was very sheltered. My mom, I was for a long time was more, it was just me and her. And so she sheltered me from a lot of things. And I never really learned social skills growing up. Uh, I remember when I was like in my teens, um, we lived in this house that had a yard and then there was a gate around the the yard. And I remember neighbors coming to say hi or just wanting to spend time with me or wanting to see if I wanted to play with them. And I was so shy. I wouldn't even go out and like talk to them at the fence. I would yell through the screen in the window because I, I felt like the screen was protecting me or keeping me from, um, from being exposed. So I always like had this buffer between me and people. I think I still do to some extent. I think I always keep this boundary, this like buffer because I just, sometimes it's, it's not the easiest thing for me to do. 
I'm a lot better at it today than I was back then. Um, but I just was so shy. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know, like, why do they want to talk to me? Why do they want to spend time with me? I didn't get it. I did not get it at all. Um, and then, of course, you, you include the bullying and all that. And then that really does a number on you. Because not only are you struggling because you are having trouble communicating with people and you're having, you know, a difficult time connecting and being accepted by people, but then you get the, 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 the kids who start bullying you and picking on you. Then it really makes you want to just kind of disconnect and disassociate from what is normal for children in that age range or in that in that time frame um so i think that my real i think the 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 period in my life where i really started to change and transform was when i started working for starbucks um before that i had had a few jobs i was a telemarketer for for a few months um one time and then i also was a um, receptionist for a community center um, in our neighborhood, in our Hispanic community. Um, So I did a few like random jobs here and there, but I think the one that really just caused me to transform and change the most was the the Starbucks job. Um, And it all started, I'd never even heard, like I didn't even know what Starbucks was. I think I'd maybe heard about it, but it wasn't something on my radar. Again, I lived on the poor side of town. We didn't have Starbucks on the poor side of town. We just had, no one even thought of like, oh, you go and pay for coffee. Like you can make coffee at home. Why would you go and pay for something like that? So the whole Starbucks culture, that whole cafe um, culture didn't really exist for me. And I remember go, get, it, this was like in my later teens. So I think I was like 16 or 17. And I was, um, I was, there was a guy who wanted to go on a date. Um, he was significantly older, uh, f- interestingly enough. Uh, but he lived on the other side of town. He lived in the River Oaks area of Houston, which is the nicer area of Houston. Um, and uh, so he picked me up at my, uh, my house, at, my, at our apartment. He picked me up and uh, he, you know, we drove over to the Starbucks on in the River Oaks area in the corner. Uh, West Grand Shepherd. That was like my first Starbucks, a drive-through one. That was my very first gig, my first Starbucks. And um, I walked in there not knowing what to expect. I was a little intimidated just going into an environment like that because I didn't know what to expect. Um, to this day, when I'm going into an environment or into a situation that I do not know about, it makes me very anxious. It makes me very nervous. Uh, my best friend Carla, she's almost the same way. So whenever I'm going to do something new or go into a place that's new for me, I have to do reconnaissance. I have to do like a background check and look and see what it looks like online, see how people are interacting with each other. I try to have a feeling of what it's going to be like before I actually go into the environment because it makes it easier for me to walk in and feel completely natural and comfortable. So, um, and this, this was in the earlier days of the internet. So the internet was still, um, somewhat new and it was just starting to become a norm. I mean, this was like back in the AOL days when you get in the AOL chat rooms and you talk to people. So, um, I, I met this guy and we, he picked me up. We went over to the Starbucks and we sat there and we were having some coffee. Um, back then I didn't really care for coffee cause I didn't like coffee. Um, I got a mocha, I think, or a hot chocolate, one or the other. And, uh, I just sat there and aside from us just chatting, with between uh, amongst ourselves, I was really paying attention to the environment and how people were just hanging out, doing their own thing, chatting with each other. It felt like a pretty comfortable environment. And then uh, what really got my attention were the people behind the counter where they were just having fun and um, having a good time and joking around with each other and laughing, etc. And I really got a kick from watching the people just doing their jobs, but also having a good time and enjoying each other's company. And it felt like an amazing place to work 
work at? And I was like, you know what? I think I want to work here. I think I want to do this or just to be here. I think this would be great for me because if I'm going to go and grow and evolve spiritually, then I I think this experience, this is going to help me. And I think this is going to help me learn how to connect with people, how to communicate with people and how to just you know, bond in a way that I am unable to at this time and relate to others in a way. So I, I had an immediate desire to want to work there. Um, and after the date, the date was a disgrace. It was, it turned out to be a really awful date uh, experience. But um, after that, I, I decided I was going to work at Starbucks. So I started filling out applications. I printed them out and I took them to like seven or eight different Starbucks in downtown because back then I rode the bus. I didn't have a car. So I took the bus, went into downtown and I just went to as many Starbucks as I could. And I just left my application and uh, introduced myself. And that's it. So um, a few weeks, a few weeks went by and didn't hear anything. Um, didn't um, really like think that maybe I was going to even get called or anything like that. And then I, I got a call and it was a, a, a woman from Starbucks and she just so happened to be from the Starbucks that I had to date on, which is funny because I didn't even leave my application there. Just going into that area, going into the River Oaks area was a little intimidating for me. So for me to get on the bus and go out there, I wasn't going to do that. But downtown was easy because I spent many years going to downtown with my mom and going to Woolworths and having like, you know, going and eating at some of the restaurants there when we used to have our, our date days with mom. So uh, I, I was much more comfortable going to downtown. I wasn't really comfortable going to the River Oaks area. Um, so I was surprised that they had my application, and I was surprised that they were calling me because that's not where I apply to. Um, and it turns out that they didn't get enough people applying to their store, so they went to the other stores in downtown and got applications, and that's how they got mine. So so coincidental. People call it coincidental. I call it law of attraction. I call it like I desire to work here at this specific store. And then I applied at a Starbucks and somehow my application lined up with where I wanted to work at. So that was pretty cool. Um, That was one of my first real experiences, like having uh, a law of attraction experience or a manifestation experience. Um, So I went in for the interview and I met with the assistant manager and uh, another supervisor and we sat down, had a great interview. It was more of a conversation than it was an interview. And I felt so accepted right off the bat. And I felt so like on a French friend level with these people. And that was really nice. I didn't feel intimidated by them at all. Um, And then they called me back a few days later and wanted me to go in for a second interview. And it turned out the second interview wasn't an interview. It was actually me going in, being hired and filling out paperwork. So that's what it turned into. So I was super excited, super happy. And that was when I joined Starbucks. Um, and this was like in the 2000s. This was in the early 2000s. So this was a, quite a while ago. But um, I think that's when it all started, when I started to change. And just not only was it easy to be myself as Fernie, but also it was just easy to be myself as a gay man. Um, up to that point, I didn't ever really feel I'm comfortable enough to be myself, especially on my side of town. Um, and in the Hispanic community, it just wasn't a, a, an easy thing to just be yourself and be a gay person in that community. Um, and it took a long time for me to kind of accept that within myself, let alone make myself um, comfortable with being around my family members, my friends, etc., and being openly gay. So for me to work at Starbucks and for me to um, be able to do that was 
was amazing and it was life transforming. So it was that's when I started to accept myself as a gay man and as a um, as me as Fernie. And I began to uh, learn how to connect and communicate with people. I remember the first time I was supposed to ring someone up. They're like, "Okay, you ready to ring your first person up?" I'm like, "Ring someone up!" Like I have to talk to people. I wanted to just work behind the scenes or work at the bar or something. They're like, "No, you gotta you gotta talk to people." So it kind of pushed me into uh, an uncomfortable place, but I think it served me nonetheless. Um, so I think Starbucks was an amazing experience to help me evolve and grow in that way. Um, and it really helped me to have a, a safe space for being Fernie, for being myself. Um, and I'll tell you more about what came from that when we come back. So um, Starbucks was a great place for me to accept myself and it was a safe space. And I spent, I think in that store, I think I was there for about three years, but I got so comfortable being me and people thought I was actually funny, which I never thought of myself as a funny person. Although in retrospect, when I look back at old behaviors and old videos of myself, I'm like, well, I was kind of a funny little guy, but I didn't think of myself as a funny person. And I just was myself. I was me. And so I got to know a lot of people from different social backgrounds. I mean, the River Oaks area is a ritzy area. So there's a lot of people who have old money there. Um, so you, you interact with a lot of those kinds of people. But then you also interact with people who work in the area and they're just driving through. And uh, you've also got the you had the Channel 11 news station down the road, so they would come through as well. So you interacted with a lot of people who were from different walks of life. And a lot of them were from these um from these backgrounds where they were successful professionals or they were, um, they were well-known in their communities, etc. So I didn't, when someone would come up and order a coffee, I didn't see their background. I didn't see, you know, the money or the position or any of that. I just saw a client, like a customer who wanted to order a coffee and th that's all it was. And so it made me it helped me to get comfortable fairly quickly with people from different social backgrounds. Um, not only that, but in Starbucks, they really promote that you have chit chat with people back then. I don't know what it's like today, but back then, you know, talk to people, get to know people, make, be friends with your client, with their customers. Um, that's okay. Like it's okay to connect with people on that level. And I did, I totally like threw myself into that. And I, I, there were a lot of customers that would come in and I loved them, absolutely loved connecting with them and having conversations with them and being able to just share and, and connect with life and all of that. So, and because I was still a young kid, um, most of them were adults or, or young professionals. So it helped me to maybe look at my life and look at the potential of my life in a very different way. Because if it was possible for some of these, you know, peeps, it was possible for me. Um, if you if you grow up in the hood, your dreams are sometimes limited to your environment because you don't really see past your environment. Um, and in school, everybody had dreams. Everybody had goals. Everybody wanted to be something, but how were you going to achieve that? And were you going to be able to achieve that? Because you're from the hood and it's not like it's an easy thing to just decide you want to go to college and then go, you have to go and get some sort of a, a funding for that. You have to go and qualify for a loan or you have to go and, um, get some sort of, um, grant that will help you get through school. So it, it really, forced me to think of life and the potentials that were possible for me in a very different way. Um, and I think that the 
the, the, the period where I really think, I think I changed the most was when I started to develop into leadership positions where I didn't think of myself as someone who would be responsible or someone who could be in control of other people or of, of an organization or an operation. So when I became a shift supervisor, it was just a very transformative experience because it put me in a position where I had the final say, or I had to make a decision that would affect other people. And um, it took years for me to get comfortable with that. And I was a, I was a ship supervisor for several years before I became a store manager. But um, it forced me to trust myself and to have faith in myself to do whatever I needed to do to make things work. And that took some time because that you know if you you grew up and you are a shy person you're not a very social person and then you're bullied on top of that it doesn't number on your self-esteem it doesn't number on your sense of worth and value so when you're put in positions where you're having to make decisions and make the call and people are going to scrutinize you they're going to criticize you it you have to find your footing you have to find a sense of you know what i can do this and this is my decision this is what i'm saying you either take it or leave it but this is my call it's my my choice and i'm the final say in this so it, it allowed me to get really comfortable with that sense of power um but it, with anything with power it's easy for that to become affected by ego because once you get the, the ability to have control to have power um your immediate reaction your, your immediate response many times with someone who hasn't had it ever is to really like throw yourself into it and sometimes even abuse it so i had to find a balance between being effective being an effective leader but also not taking advantage of other people because I was in a position to do so. Um, and it was a trial and error period for me. So I had to learn, a, I had to learn about valuing other people and who they were and what they were for not only the organization, but for me as well. If you mistreated someone over time, they were probably going to quit or they were going to stop showing up to work when you were supposed to be off the clock at a certain time. So everything that you decided, everything that you did had a consequence. And if you were not an effective leader, if you were not someone who uh, respected other people um, and you just took advantage of others, then you're, you were going to pay the price at some point. Um, so that taught me a lot of balance and it took a while, but it, it did. It really did get me to a place where I appreciated the ability to call a shot and to say this or that, but at the same time, respect the individual that is helping me to achieve my goal as a leader. So it took a while um, for me to kind of step into that power and to find the balance in, in that way. Um, I think today most people should be required to at least do some work in the service industry, even if it's like one year. Um, because when you're in the service industry, although there are a lot of plus sides, especially when I was working at Starbucks um, and it was the earlier Starbucks culture um, where there's more of a sense of acceptance and we're our family and we take care of each other, etc. But um, when you work in the service industry, you also not only do you connect with people, but you also get to see the darker side of humanity and people who were customers would come in. And because we were servers, we automatically were below them or we automatically were on the level of like um, it's like it's almost like you take us back to the the uh, 1700s, 1800s where you're a queen and we're all servants and you don't really need to acknowledge us because we're nothing to you. So that's the mentality of some people who step into that environment 
environment. You know, I'm the customer. I'm the one with power. I'm the one with control. I'm the one that says this or that or that or this. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to jump up when I snap my fingers. Um, some of those, some of, some of the customers come in with that mentality. To this day, some people still come in with that kind of mentality because they feel so empowered that they can mistreat or they can abuse others and they can just get people to do what they need them to do or want them to do. So you have to learn a nice little balance between not taking it personally sometimes, but at the same time, um, you have to, you have to stand your ground. And at, in that, in those days, Starbucks really was about if you feel disrespected or if you feel like someone is mistreating you, you don't have to stand for it. You don't have to be, stick around and accept that kind of behavior. You can turn them away. And it was very empowering to be in a position where you could turn a customer away because they didn't treat you well. Um, and those were my first experiences and really learning to be more, to stand my ground and to be strong and to, you know, honor myself as a person and realize that I didn't have to put up with misbehavior or with maltreatment from other people. But I think it taught me humanity. It taught me humility. It taught me how to connect with people on a human level, um, and not abuse the power that I had. And I think it's important for people to know that because, you know, we, nowadays we're in, we're in the social media, you know, generation where people are so disconnected from each other. They don't understand each other's lives, each other's situations. They don't even care to try to grasp what the other person is going through. Um, and people always want to make judgments. They always want to, to assume many things about others. Um, but it's not always the case. It's not always that way. And I think when you work in the service industry, you get to see people in a different way. And, and not only that, but it teaches you how to treat others with respect and dignity. To this day, like when I go to a Starbucks, I try to tip as much as I can, even if the service is sucky. Because I know many a days where I wasn't my best at Starbucks and I was tired or I was struggling with something. I mean, I went to work when I had lost people um, and, and they'd passed away and I was just completely devastated. But I still showed up to work. And people were like, why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you, you know, why aren't you being real peppy? Why aren't you being this way? Why aren't you? Like people expected me to be 100% like on all the time, giving them everything they wanted, but they didn't realize that I had struggles as well and I was going through something. So it taught me how to really just appreciate other people, period, regardless of where they are in their lives. So when I go to Starbucks now, I try to tip quite a bit because I always appreciated people who came in and regardless of whether they got good service or not, they were appreciative of the of the service. And I typically tip more than the, the drink itself. So if my drink is like four bucks, I'll tip like $5. And they're like, are you sure it's just a $4 drink? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally sure. Like you, you guys are great. Um, even if they're not 100%, I still do that because I want them to know that I get it and I understand where they're coming from. And also when, as soon as you do that, they appreciate you and they see the value in you that you're not just another customer. You're a human being who has a sense of deeper understanding and connection with them. So it, it really helps to shift the energy for the person, but also for yourself, because whenever you can give, if you're in a position to give, then give, because you're going to feel great about it. And it's also going to allow you to just appreciate regardless of whether it was a perfect situation or, or, or you received something perfectly or not. So I think that uh, it's important that people maybe have that experience. Um, and, and early on, I think there's a lot of other things that people should have like, automatically receive an education in because it would help us be better human beings. And I'll talk to you more about that in just a moment.
I think that working in the service industry teaches you a lot about being human and a lot about connecting with other people in a very uh, authentic way. Um, and you also get a chance to see people not at their best. I remember uh, one incident where a woman just did not get her order correctly. So um, she didn't complain. She didn't say anything about it. But the next time she came in, she just decided to blast whoever she was going to be ordering with, even if it wasn't the person that messed up her order. She was just going to blast whoever um, was going to uh, she was going to order with um, because she felt empowered to do so. So I remember being called out by one of my partners. And back then, Starbucks, we, we called our the employees partners because we're all partners in the business. But um, I went out to check on one of my employees because they were having difficulty with this client, with this customer. Um, and I walked up to her and I tried to, I said, you know, how can I help you? I'm the manager. What can I do for you? And she just, she wanted us to like go above and beyond and bend over backwards to like give her more than what she was deserving with her issue. In other words, if her drink was messed up, then we will give you your drink on us for free and then we'll give you a coupon for your next order she didn't want that she wanted me to fire the person that had messed up her order on the spot and i'm like you aren't in a position to tell me who is going to work here or not your 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 only power here is to tell me how you want your drink and for me to rectify that that's it so don't don't step beyond your your power because that is not within your jurisdiction she wasn't having it so she went off on me and she started to um basically like personally attack me she called me a fag she says i was walking like a little girl when i was walking away I, I, she pissed me off so much. She had gotten me so upset because of how personally she was attacking me. Um, and you could tell this person wasn't well. You can tell they were psychologically unstable. And she was just mouthing off and going off. And there was a line of people there and there was a store full of people and all my partners were there, etc. So as soon as she just started going off on me and just personally attacking me for being, and I was being very professional with her, um, I immediately, could, I was like, I am going to react in an, in an aggressive and violent way if I continue to subject myself to her voice and to what she is saying. So I was, I wasn't having it. I just decided to step away, walk away. And she still, she still kept attacking me like loudly. She's like, look at him. Look how he's walking. He's walking like a little girl. He's not even a real man. Like she was totally coming for me. Um, today, if that happened, I would probably deal with it in a very different way just because I have more of a sense of, you know what? If you're going to come for me, I'm going to come for you right back at you and I'm going to hit you just as hard, if not double um, hard. But back then, I was really trying to be a, uh, uh, I was really trying to sustain my sense of dignity. And I was also trying to be an example for all the other partners. Cause I've always been saying to them, don't personally become aggressive with the client or with the customer, try to gracefully bow out. Um, but today is a different story <laughs> today. I'm like, Nope, you come for me, bitch. I'm going to come for you twice as hard. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I literally just stopped communicating. I turned around and walked away, even as she was continuing to attack me. But, um, I went to, into the back room and I just sat there and I was so angry and so upset, not only because I was just, I felt like I was humiliated in front of all these people, but she was coming at me in a way that reminded me of when I was being bullied in school and people were calling me out and saying this or saying that about me, um, when they had no right to do so. So I took the, the rest of the day off. I literally said, you know what, guys, I'm going to put you in charge. I cannot be here for the rest of today. It's just, this is too much. Um, and I'm not going to be able to bounce back from this because this is really personal for me. So I put my, my next person in charge that needed, that could take charge and I went home and I just like was upset and I called my my DM and I was crying and I was hurt 
Um, and so she even called corporate and she totally twisted it around and said that I had aggressively attacked her and was like, um, and they were trying to make it up to her, et cetera. I was just like, whatever. I just didn't care at that point. But, um, I, it teaches you that sometimes people are just fucked up human beings. And if they feel that they're in a position where they're entitled to just cause you pain or cause you, um, cause you whatever they feel without any ramification, um, then they're going to do it. And I think that's what our social media, um, uh, community or culture has become where you can just say whatever you want about somebody else, not realizing that they're a human being. This is almost like the Demi, I was seeing the interview with Demi Lovato, um, a couple of days ago where she was talking about how people are going to say things. And sometimes I see it and yes, it really does bother me and I'm a human being and I totally get it. And I try not to pay attention to the negative comments or the negative stuff that people will, will say. Um, and people have said some really nasty things online, but I tried to distance myself from that because people are just ignorant and they're stupid and they just don't know any better. Um, I blame either the parents or I blame their, their culture, um, or I blame their environment that they grew up in because I was taught not to be aggressive or to attack people that way or to talk about people. If you don't have anything nice to say, then just keep your mouth shut. Now that's not always acceptable either. Sometimes if you have a gripe or if you have something that you need to share or you need to criticize that is constructive, by all means, you need to say what you need to say. But coming for people and being personally attacking them, like that's a no-no. And I was taught not to be that way. I was taught to respect and have respect for other people, period, regardless of whether you like them or not. Um, so I, I try to avoid getting into any kind of confrontation or any kind of discussion of that nature online because it's just not worth my energy. It's not worth my time. And I'm going to get really riled up and then it's going to become a situation where my anger and my ego is going to step in and I'm going to lose control of the situation. So I try to avoid that. Um, but a lot of people don't know that a lot of people don't have those boundaries. A lot of people don't have an awareness that they have such a huge impact on other people. Um, some people are just ill. They're not well people and they don't have the ability to control their, um, expression or, or how, or how they're communicating. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's up to us as human beings and as a culture of social media um, connectors to uphold a sense of standard about how we're going to communicate with each other. And I think now it's become so acceptable to just speak ill and violently and aggressively attack, personally attack people um, that now we're starting to really catch up to the repercussions of that. In many instances, look at um, the, uh, the Senator who was, um, she was shot in the face and then she bounced back. Uh, what is it? Gabby, 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 I think her name is. So, um, you know, there are real repercussions for what people say and for how we egg each other on sometimes by just being stupid and ignorant and not watching what we say. So it's important to, to understand that. And I think that's the reason why I think people should be, have to, to work in the service industry at some point in their lives, because it will teach them humility. It will teach them a basic human connection of compassion with other people by experiencing it from the other side. There's a, there's a few things I think we should receive automatically receive in school that we don't. I think every person in school should have a basic nursing course where they learn basic like first aid skills because I think the doctors and the nurses who really work hard have a lot on their plate. And, and I think a lot of issues can be resolved by people having basic like first aid or basic nursing skills. So I think that would help a lot with the people who, so that they can focus on the, the cases or on the 
patients that really do need the help and avoid um, wasting time with things that could be resolved at home or be resolved by people who have basic nursing skills. So I think basic uh, medical nursing knowledge is, is, is a must, um, especially in today's day where most people can't even afford to go to the doctor. So it'd be nice to be able to treat yourself or to have a sense of understanding about that. Um, I think we should have classes in social consciousness. If we're going to live in a world where there are lots of other people from different walks of life, from different belief systems, et cetera, we should have courses in school that teach us how to live in that world. That doesn't mean you have to accept that person's belief system or to follow it yourself but you still have to respect the fact that you live in a world where not everyone is the same not everyone is the same color the same belief system speaks the same language we live in a diverse world period doesn't matter what country you're from we live in a diverse world period um and so there should be a social consciousness class where we're aware of everybody and being being acknowledgeable and understanding that we're going to have to deal with people from different walks of life. So we need to know how to respect and how to cooperate with each other. I think if we all had social consciousness classes from the get go, all of this in, in fighting that we're doing right now, all of this, like, you know, one political party against another, one group of demographic people against another, like all of that would probably not be as big of an issue if we were taught how to cooperate and work with each other, um, in our differences. Um, another thing is critical thinking. I don't think that people think for themselves anymore. Um, and even though most people come from a religious background, so they're either taught how to just follow and, and condition, be conditioned to believe whatever is fed to you. Um, and sometimes culturally as well. Um, if people just were taught basic critical thinking skills, um, meaning that, you know, don't just believe what you're told, question it and try to understand because if you educate yourself if you try to think about it and don't just accept then i think you know yeah everybody's going to have an opinion but we all will be better informed individuals living on a planet where you know people just like to spout lies and just like to say whatever and if you believe them then you believe them if i tell you a story how are you going to how are you really going to know whether it's true or not unless there's factual information that backs it up so i think we should be taught critical thinking skills um and then of course accountability i don't think that we are taught enough accountability i think as human beings you know we are made sometimes made to feel like we're not responsible for this or we're not responsible for that or there's always a way out of being responsible for our actions and i think that it's important that we learn accountability that everything we do is going to have a, a consequence whether positive or negative but everything we do is going to have a consequence everything we think is going to have a consequence everything we say is going to have a consequence so accountability courses i think are a must um, it would help us really be better human beings and better citizens in the world period so there's a few things i think that we should learn um, as human beings that i think would help us nonetheless so um, i want to tell you a story about a friend of mine who helped me um really come out of my shell um and i'll tell you more about that in just a few moments So I have this friend named Chelsea who passed away many, many years ago. And I remember she was a very free-spirited person. And she worked for me. She was one of my employees at Starbucks. And this was back when I was a store manager. And even though I, when I was at work, I was a very social person. I was a very interactive person. But I was also more focused on work and on being efficient and on making sure that the store was going to run really well. 
Um, but I, I didn't always spend time outside of work with people. I didn't always socialize. And I remember she had moved down the street from me. This was on the East end. So this was on like in an area where it was a little cheaper. Um, I had my house at the time and I had this huge iron gate with spikes <laughs> around my house. And, um, she just wanted to spend time with me. She wanted to go and have fun and do stuff. And we shared a lot of spiritual, um, philosophy together. I mean, we had a lot of similar beliefs, um, and she was very free spirited. So she was very open. And, and and honest and she came from a religious background but her spirituality was just more far more developed for someone that age than myself i mean when i was her age i didn't have half the knowledge that she possessed so she was really someone that i was impressed by and we would have these conversations uh, spiritual conversations um throughout you know th- throughout the days at work sometimes so the best conversations and um i remember she and her friend erica it was another friend of mine <clears throat> she had moved they had moved down the street and they used to walk by you know my house when they would go to the grocery store and uh i remember that she wanted to just say hi and i think she was a little tipsy i think they had some some wine but they just wanted to say hi just come and say hi um so she stopped at my gate at my house and she was started they started yelling my name and trying to get me to <laughs> to come out i didn't hear anything um but then i started hearing a bunch of girls giggling and laughing and i was like what is that sound what is it coming from and, and ed and i we were in the bedroom watching tv and i got up and i went over and i opened the i opened the the because we had these bl- uh, shutters that opened is like a like a cafe style shutter so we opened the shutters and i looked outside and ed looked outside as well he immediately got mad because he was like who are these bitches who are like you know who are trying to and basically they were trying to climb the gate chelsea was like she was on the top of the gate where the spikes were at and her friend erica was trying to push her over and they were laughing because she was trying to get over the top of it even though it was like dangerous and she could hurt herself and ed like he didn't know who they were right away he didn't recognize them he was just like oh my god hey and he's like knocking on the window like what are y'all doing what are y'all doing and as i opened the door i immediately recognized who it was i'm like it's chelsea it's chelsea he's like oh and i went out i went and opened the the door and went outside and she like jumped over and uh, she hurt her foot but she jumped over and I'm like what the hell are you doing here like what are you doing and she's like we want to see you we want to see you and I was like okay um so I went and opened the gate and Erica walked in and I gave them hugs and they came inside um and they were the first people and this was before I was doing like in-person appointments so I had only done appointments with people like in different like uh, office buildings or in different locations I'd never really done work from home um and I I wasn't sure if I was comfortable having strangers in my home because I was pretty private when it came to being in my house. Um, and they came in and they forced their way through my ba- my barriers, my boundaries, um, not only like like physically, but also just emotionally and mentally. Um, and they forced me to get comfortable with like people coming over and spending time in our home. And it forced me to start to like be more open and be more receptive to people and strangers. That was actually what triggered me to start having in-person appointments and having people coming over because I wasn't comfortable with it at first. Um, And so it was a huge shift for me, but she forced her way through my, my gate, my boundaries. And she forced me to open up in a way that I'd never opened up before. Um, And after that, for a while, for many years, I did do in-person appointments until I switched everything over to online when I, when I um, left Houston. But I, 
it was a huge transformation, transformative experience for me. And it taught me how to be more open and connected to people. And I think because of those types of experiences, I am now able to connect with people in a way that is more authentic and more real. So not only did Starbucks help to develop me into like a, a leader where I had to be there for other people in a way that I'd never been before, but I also was able to connect and to allow people into my life as well. Because I think I was always holding people back and not letting them in all the way. So I really appreciated the time that I spent at Starbucks and I think that it transformed and turned me into the person that I am today. Um, Regardless of my issues with the company, regardless of my issues with management and the issues that I ran into there, um, but I as a person changed, I transformed and I became someone who can connect with you guys now and can talk to you and can tell you all the stuff that I know and all the stuff that I've learned about over the many years of my own spiritual um, practices and spiritual studies. So I am so grateful for that. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, then like, share, and review my show on your podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and check out my website at www.fernandamarone.com for additional content, updates, articles, and more. That's fernandamarone.com, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-O-M-A-R-R-O-N.com. Till next time, kiddos, and be sure to have yourselves a namaste.